how we doing? Woo! I love the love. I love the love. All right, so yes, I am Stacy. I'm the Tribe Alpha leader. Shout out to Alpha. Um, you guys can take a seat. You guys can take a seat. Um, so I really do feel so privileged, and it's an honor to stand on this stage tonight. And I do just want to show um, Pastor Brian and April some love. They truly are the greatest youth leaders that you guys could ever ask for. And some of you may have been to other youth ministries, but some of you may not have ever been there. So you're like, yeah, like, you know, all youth pastors are like this. They're not. They're not. You know, they might have a heart for Jesus, but I will tell you that you are so lucky to have those two and just the vision that they have for this youth ministry and for you and how much they pray for you. And I can personally say that they don't just get up here and talk and make it sound nice, but they walk this out every single day and they are great people to look up to. So let's give them a round of applause. All right, so let's start um, with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful that you are a good father, Lord. We are just so grateful that you love us so much. I just pray that you'll be with every student in here tonight, Lord, that you'll just give me wisdom and speak through your Holy Spirit, Lord, and you'll just give them ears to listen, Lord, and just open their hearts to your words. Amen. All right, so we are in this series did he really? Funny story. I was like, I'm good. I'm not that nervous, right? And I'm sitting next to Christian. I'm like, Christian, it's called Did He Really, right? And he's like, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm losing it, Christian. But anyway, um, this is an awesome series. And I just like, I can imagine Pastor Brian, when he talks, if you've seen him talk, he's like, did he really? Like, and I just imagine us saying that and the world saying that. And sometimes we question it about the things that Jesus said, like, are you sure he told me to love my enemies? You know, like, are you sure he really said that? Are you sure he told me to forgive people? So I think this is an awesome series, and I'm really proud or excited to preach on a few pieces of it today. Um, so I'm going to start off with a little story. All right, we love, we love the stories about Jake, okay? Jake is my husband, all right? We just, <laughs> yeah, we love Jake, okay? Um, if you have heard Jake and I's story of how we met, it's very unique, okay? That's a story for another day. But moral of the story is Jake pursued me persistently for a long time, okay? Boys, that's what you got to do. Pursue the girls. Don't try to play hard to get, okay? And girls, you deserve to be pursued. If they're not pursuing you, next. But anyway, so he did a great job at that, right? I was not so great in receiving this. Um, so I pushed him away for a long time. I was like, no, no, I don't like you. But Jesus really blessed him. He's so handsome. So I kept like flirting with him a little bit. So he's still there, you know. But anyway, so Jake, <laughs> he hates this story. He's going to kill me. And he fully disagrees. But I think in my head, okay, Jake's trying to hit on me. He's trying to take me out to dinner. And I'm like, no, no, no. But next thing you know, Jake gets a puppy, okay. We all know Girls love puppies, you know? Okay, so Jake, in my eyes, I'm like, oh, great, now I got a puppy. And he's like, and he did. He texted me one time, like, want to come meet the dog? And I'm like, should I act like I like dogs? Because I don't. <laughs> so, you know, like, I'm slowly crushing his dreams, right? And again, he's going to disagree with this. He says that's not why he's got the, he got the dog. The dog's name is Gracie. My name's Stacy. Like, you had this plan, okay? You had this plan. But anyway... No, I love him. We'll probably fight about this for the rest of our marriage. But whether or not Jake really bought a puppy to gain my love, 
isn't the point, but the point is it just made me think about the things that we're willing to do to gain things of this world and gain things that aren't um, eternal, right? So whether he was buying the dog for that or not, it's just the point of what, will, what um, points will we go to? How much will we sacrifice things um, to gain the things that we want of this world? So we're going to read uh, Mark 8, 34 through 36. So just to set the tone here, um, Jesus has just healed a blind man. He is doing his Jesus things, you know? So literally just healed a blind man. Um, and then he starts talking to his disciples and he starts telling them how um, he's gonna be killed and after three days he'll rise again. And he was speaking about this and then Peter took him aside and was like, no, you know? So he starts rebuking him in this. And then Jesus is like, all right, I need to, I need to talk to y'all because that's not gonna happen. So, Mark 8, 34, it starts, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So there's a lot going on in that verse, a lot to unpack, but um, we're just gonna focus on the things that we gain of the world and just the values that they hold. Like, are they worth anything, the things that we try to gain of the world? So as I was study, um, studying this verse, I was just thinking, you know, in culture today, it's all about the gains, which then I was like, I don't even know if that's cool anymore. Like, do people, you know, people used to like pose in the gym, like hashtag gains, Jay, Jay's Instagram. Look on there. It'll say hashtag gains. Okay. Sorry, Jay. I love you. I love you. All right. Um, but anyway, so it is, it's always about what we're gaining, whether it's in the gym, gaining followers on social media, gaining money, your accomplishments, gaining more friends, whatever it is, we talk a lot about gaining. So I looked up the definition of gain, um, which I was pretty sure I knew what it meant, but sometimes in the Bible, I just want to make sure I'm not misinterpreting. So the definition of gain was to obtain or secure, because I'm like, how bad is it to gain things? In parentheses after that, it says something desired, favorable, or profitable. And I was like, ooh, this is where it gets us, gaining the things of the world. So again, you might not think these things are so bad, whether you're at the gym, whether you're gaining followers, maybe you got a new car. Whatever it is that you're gaining, you may be like, those things don't seem so bad. And sometimes they aren't. But I'm going to talk about the dangerous part that they sometimes can become very dangerous to your soul and your future. Um, so the, where it becomes dangerous is when the things we're gaining become our sense of fulfillment, okay? So yes, we may gain something, right? I might go to the gym and get really fit. Cool, I'd be happy about that. But is that now who I am? Is that my identity? Is that my fulfillment? If I don't go to the gym for a month, am I gonna be miserable and absolutely lose my mind? Is that the thing that was sustaining me? And I think that's where the dangers of this um, come in because God knew that we need, needed to be sustained. And right, you know your fleshly desires. You're always like, oh, I want more of that. I want more of that. We're always looking for ways to fulfill ourselves. Like instant gratification, all time high right now. Story for another day. But we're always looking for things that are gonna fulfill us, right? We're in this culture where people wanna fix everyone and fix all your problems. And here's how to get skinny. Here's how to do this. Here's how to be happy. And hate to break it to you, none of them work besides Jesus. All right. But anyway, so one of my favorite verses um, is Isaiah 46.4. And it says, 
Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I've made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Um, I love this verse. It's, probably, it's one of those verses that's like your life verse. You know, like that's what got me through the hardest times. Just because I personally did struggle with looking for anything and everything I could to make me feel like, oh, I'm good. I looked into everything to fulfill those desires and those wants and needs. But God, when he created us, he knew we were gonna have, he knew we were gonna have those feelings, but he wanted those feelings to be for him. He was like, I'm going to sustain you. You don't need anything else. Then sin and humanity and brokenness came into the world and the enemy's like, that's not what you desire. That's not what you desire. You know, you desire the popularity and the fame and the new cars and the new shoes. Um, but again, going back to the definitions, I'm like a big loser here looking up every... Uh, Word, but anyway, the word sustain means to strengthen or support physically or mentally. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's the kind of support I want. You know, that's the thing that everyone in culture is looking for, right? The physical and the mental support and strength. This is where, again, it gets so dangerous if one of your gains or something you're trying to gain is sustaining you. Because... These things can be taken away from you, right? If you're going to the gym and you break your arm, you can't go to the gym anymore, all right? Or maybe you get some type of disease, right? If you're putting your value in, one, in your boyfriend or girlfriend, hello, um, and you break up, you're a disaster. Been there. It's horrible. Don't put your value or how you're sustained um, in a boy or a girl. And then the other thing is when you start to sin, to reach whatever that thing is that's trying to sustain you, okay? So if you are, this is just a quick example, but personally being a little vulnerable here, I really was the person that really wanted attention from boys. I never wanted to admit that, but I found out, you know, God showed me. Um, so if I was gearing towards sin to get that attention, that is not the type of thing I want to be sustained by. Um, and that's where it can get dangerous. So in closing here, um, I just want you to ask yourself, what are you trying to gain? What are you trying to gain? And is that thing sustaining you? And as I was wrapping it up here, um, I realized that God really revealed to me there's a difference between a gain and a blessing. When we're talking about things we gain, it's like I gain, I gain, I gain. And the blessings are from God. God gave me that. And in that verse, it's really like you're either trying to gain, 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 and then you end up losing your soul because your heart's not um, aligned with Jesus, or you're giving up your soul, and then you're going to get blessings on blessings on blessings. And I think the second way sounds a lot better, even though it can be hard sometimes. So I'm just going to end with the last verse, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things will be added unto you. God's going to provide you with those blessings if he gives you your heart. If you give him your heart. Um, thank you guys so much. And now I have the privilege of inviting Edward Hemmings III up here. I feel like you have to say his name like that. What's up? What's up with y'all? How we doing? Now we're going to stay standing for a quick second. Actually, it's not going to be quick because we shouldn't rush on there. 
We just want to thank you guys. I'm, I'm not speaking just on myself, but I know from a leadership standpoint, as leaders here and as students, whether you realize it or not, we have two of the greatest leaders. And we don't, we don't hold that lightly. We realize that that is so much a portion of what God sees in this area in you guys but it's also in their obedience and their steadfastness. And we really honor you guys and appreciate you guys for who you guys are. Love you guys. You guys can sit down. How we doing? How we doing? Whew. So I'm not like a real title guy, but I know Jay likes them. So I, I did it for Jay. If we got a title, if you're taking notes, the title is Mismatch. Let's start here. So Genesis 3.13, we're going to go back to the beginning. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said to the serpent, the, the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. We're going, we're going to pray again because I need prayer just as much as y'all need prayer. Dear Holy Father, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for this opportunity. Lord, we thank you for the words that Stacy said, and that um, the heart that you have for us, Lord, we pray that you just continue to build on that during this message and then cruise, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So who's excited for March Madness? Wow, okay. So do you guys have, like, the, uh, the brackets, like, posted in school and everywhere? Like, are you guys doing that at school? Well, they're doing it at the school I'm at, so. All right, anyway, um, I love March Madness, but I just love basketball. Like, I just love just love hoops, you know what I mean? Um, so Saturdays, we started this maybe like two years ago now, but like Saturday morning hoops, all the guys get together and we just, we just hoop, 7 a.m. So if you guys want to pop out, hey, 7 a.m. hoops. Um, but this past week, we kind of got back into it and so many people came out and it was so cool. Um, and honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't want to say this, but Ennis and Austin kind of just ran the table. I don't think they lost on Saturday. So that means I lost every time I got on the court. <laughs> anyway, so we were playing, and it's basically the last game. We had already, f like, figured, okay, we're done after this. Nobody feels like losing to them again. Um, so a couple of guys from church pick up with a, a father and a son. Son had to be like 16 years old, but he was a, he was a baller. Like, he was good. Um, and he, got, he made a couple buckets, and he was feeling confident. And I'm, like, dribbling down the court. I'm like, all right, maybe it's my turn now. He's like, yo, he says this, give me the ball. I got a mismatch. And I think I came here to affirm this to you that God is saying, give me the ball. I got a mismatch. He's saying, give me your heart. I got a mismatch. And I think that so often we, we look at statements that Jesus said and we're like, did he really? But you guys don't realize that before we could ever think that, that was whispered into our ear thousands of years ago. Where the serpent entered the picture and said, did God really say that? So we're going to dive into this. And I'm gonna, we're going to pick apart because if you guys realize this, that... Whenever there is a, a mismatch, you guys know what mismatches are. In basketball, in sports, if there's a mismatch, there is one player that's dominant, that's superior, that you can't beat, that you can't stop. And then there's one that's going to get exposed. Does that make sense? So I don't know if you guys are picking up, but the, God's the dominant one. Okay, all right. But um, 
We're going to start here. We're going to start at the beginning when it was perfect, when everything was set, when we had perfect relationship with God. So it says, we're starting Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, started right there, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It's real deceptive. It sounds good. Sounds like it could work. But can I... Can I point out three things that I see in that text that is deceptive that still linger today? Is that okay? So the first thing I see is this conundrum. If I do, then I'll be. Has anybody ever said that to you? Like, if you just do this, then you'll be cool. If you just do this, then you'll be relevant. And you can fill in the blank or whatever. If you just post this picture with this revealing, then they'll like you. Hey, hey. If you just wear those J's, then you'll actually be in that friend group. Like, and you start doing things for people's approval. And you start doing things so people can see you and value. Can I stop right here, right now, and tell you, if you don't already know, you're already valuable. You're already loved. You're already significant. And it's so evident. Satan says, for God knows when you eat from it that your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Do you know earlier before Satan could ever say that Jesus, God, the God had had a conversation and you know what they said? Let's make man in our image, in our likeness. We already are like God. We're already made in his image. So we're not stepping up any totem pole by, by going outside of God's will. We're already in God's will. We're al- it's already perfect. Why are we stepping out? And that is my encouragement. Like, you're already there. You're already, you're not, let me stop right here. You're, you're great. You're amazing. You're significant. But you need Jesus. Jesus has to be in the equation. If he's not in the equation, then none of that is worth it. Is that okay? Okay, let's go to the second point before we go get too theological. Um, Later on, Satan says, you surely will not die. Do you guys remember that? You surely will not die. You know how this is deceptive? Because God is a man of his word. When God says something, he means it. He, when God sends out his word, it accomplishes itself, right? So, so the reality is one of the greatest attributes of God is that he's a man of his word. He's faithful. So if he says that he'll walk with you through every season, he'll walk with you through every season. If he says that he'll provide for you, he'll provide for you. If there's promises that he has for you, that's promises that you can receive, right? But you know, one of the scariest things about God is he's a man of his word. So if he says something that you shouldn't do, that you shouldn't touch, that you shouldn't engage in, you got to understand there's consequences on the other side. Just like Eve was, if you, if you step out of the bounds of what God has for you, there's consequences. Because guess what happens? You lose God's protection. You lose God's, um, his, what he wants to do in your life because you're outside of his will. Does that sound good? 
And the last point is this deception that I can fix it. Later on, Adam and Eve, they go into this, I need to hide, I need to cover, and it's me trying to fix what I messed up. Can I encourage you that before you could even think of the solution, God had already provided it? If you go down further um, into this story, right after God confronts them and confronts their sin, right? But he goes right and tells them what, what is to come next. And you go to uh, Genesis 3.15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking, talking to the serpent, right? I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Immediately in that moment, God made a way. You guys know what that's talking about? That's what we call the proto-euangelion, which literally means the first gospel. That means that way before you were even in the picture, God had a way. God had a plan. And that plan was Jesus. That plan was the fact that even if you did slip up, what does Romans 5.8 say? Even while we were still sinners, even when we were still doing whatever we wanted to do outside the will of God, God made a way. God had a plan, and his plan was Jesus. And soon as Jesus steps on the scene, soon as Jesus steps on the scene, that's our solution. We can't fix it. You know why? We're the problem. We, we caused the problem. We brought the problem. But you know who, who fixes the problem? Not us, not in our strength, but Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to say a simple prayer. The Bible says that all have sinned, all have fallen short, all have reached outside of God's will. But the good thing is that God didn't just leave us in our sin. He didn't just leave us there because the, the wages of sin are, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And, and God gave Jesus, his one and only son, and he demonstrated his love when he sent his son to humanity to buy back our sin and pay for our sin. So it's a simple prayer. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, then you can be saved. So if that's you, feel free to lift up your hands. If there's anybody, feel free to lift up your hands. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to repeat after me, and this is a simple prayer. Everyone's going to say it alongside you, especially if you're raising your hand, say that prayer. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I want to accept you into my heart. I believe what you've done on the cross and want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, Trinidad Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at 7 o'clock. It's from 7 to 8.30, and we really want to cultivate an environment 
of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a bad week at school where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave changed, empowered, and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth seven o'clock right here at our Molica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.